When you step into Lifetime, you won't just see the difference, you'll feel it. Experience it for yourself. Visit lifetime.life for a complimentary guest pass or stop by a club. Lifetime, the healthy way of life partner for the Minnesota Vikings. Statistics matter. And if your team is excellent on defense or excellent on offense, these are the guys that get the chance to go sit down in front of the powers that be that are doing the interview process. They get a chance to show what type of program they'll bring. And uh, I think it comes down to fit and comfort. You know, if the front office feels comfortable with a guy, I think that's the direction that they'll go. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode 129. I'm Tatum Everett here inside TCO's radio room with Gabe Henderson and Jay Nelson and an extra someone special in here today. But you already know him, Vikings team reporter, Eric Smith. Eric, how is it your off season so far? Is it the off season? I didn't know that. It's uh <laughs> I feel more busy now than I did, you know, week twelve and during the grind of the season. Yeah, I know. We haven't really taken much of a break, have we, Gabe? Yeah. What is a break? Is that a thing? Yeah, we I'm right with Eric. I feel it feels like work has picked up and we've I mean, this thing just keeps rolling as time goes on. So you just take the punches and roll with them. Normally you kind of try to take this time of the year to shut it down maybe for a week or two and um, just kind of recoup and watch the playoffs and just see what happens if you're not in it and just kind of breathe for a second before you start looking at the the typical offseason stuff. But whenever you have a massive change like this, that's when things are just like, yeah, we're not stopping. The train just keeps rolling. So everyone uh, just keep keep uh, moving the way we have been and um, we'll just have to kind of wait and see what's going to happen here. Well, that train keeps on rolling as the Vikings offseason shaping out to be an exciting one as the organization's currently searching for their next general manager and head coach, something that hasn't been done in 16 and eight years, respectively. If you haven't been following the Vikings on Twitter or online, then you haven't been getting the most up-to-date info on who the Vikings are interviewing for their openings. And so, Eric, I know that you guys... And the, on the writing team and things like that, I've been all over this. And so we were just going to go over the candidates real fast. Maybe one thing about each one that sticks out to you. Sounds sure. good? Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll, we'll start on the GM side. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, and I guess we'll go in chronological order, too. Why not? Why not? Do you want to start with the first interview, Monty Ossenfort, who's the Titans Director of Player Personnel? He was obviously the first one to interview, and that was back on January 16th. I think a lot of excitement just to get the process started. For sure. You know, I think a lot of people were waiting for that. Um, one thing about Monty is he's a Minnesota native. so Go figure. He's, uh, he's from here. He played football at the University of Minnesota Morris, where he was a quarterback. Um, so he's got that quarterback background and uh, obviously a, a local guy, too. Someone else in this room, I think, has Minnesota Morris ties. Yeah, I, I have a little bit of a tie here with Monty. Monty and I came in together as freshmen back in 1996 at the University of Minnesota Morris. As a freshman together, he was a quarterback. I was a lineman. And uh, Monty was a Laverne Cardinal. And I just remember when Monty came in, he's kind of a quiet guy, but you could definitely tell he was very, very smart. And uh, he had some really, really uh, gifted athletics to him. And he was uh, somebody that I went to school with and, and had some background with. And I've actually kind of kept eyes on him a little bit from afar because it kind of makes you do a little uh, self-evaluation going, what are you doing with your life when you're, you've you got a, a, a former a teammate of yours? But it's kind of fun for um, the other people that I still keep in contact with from that team. And we just kind of pass back and forth when 
we'd see Monty's name pop up. And um, he had a, a tie here with the Vikings. He was here uh, for uh, a training camp as an intern with Luther Hippies group. And and so I've kind of kept tabs on kind of from afar what Monty's been doing. And I think the name I the first time I really saw his name pop up was probably about five or six years ago when the Houston Texans were doing a GM uh, search at that time. And his name popped up and he was in his kind of mid to late 30s getting a GM interview. And we all just went, looked at ourselves and just went, oh, boy, this is pretty cool just to see what's happening. Wow. So it's, world. It, it's been fun to see Monty's name pop up. And, um, yeah, we'll see what end, ends up happening with him. But it's just uh, kind of fun to see somebody that you you ended up, you know, playing alongside for a little bit uh, pop up and have some success. Yeah. Nice to see some Minnesota blood in the race for sure. The next one is John Spytek, the Buccaneers vice president of player personnel. Yeah, I think the big thing with him is you just have to look at how successful Tampa Bay has been, you know, especially obviously winning the Super Bowl last year, and they have a very strong roster throughout. So, you know, everyone has a different role in the organization in terms of scouting or drafting or, you know, free agency or player personnel. Um, so he's obviously done some good things in Tampa Bay, you know, enough to warrant an interview here in Minnesota. I think to add to that, his, his time in Denver as a national scout, uh, I think it was 2013 to 2015. He had two Super Bowl appearances during that time and won a Super Bowl. So he has valuable Super Bowl experience with two teams. And, I mean, that's something that you look at when you, when going into the interview process or a little bit of leverage um, from his from his um, perspective. Think about the people that he's worked with. John Elway, Gary Kubiak, Andy Reid, John Harbaugh. These are names that are just synonymous with successful football teams. And I think that's something that definitely stands out about spy tech. The next one is Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, the Browns vice president of football operations, who may have one of the most interesting backgrounds of all the candidates involved. Yeah, he graduated from Princeton, which is probably more than we all can say. Definitely more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, his be free so. Hey, I went to Arizona State. That's the Princeton of the Southwest. Minnesota Morris likes to claim they're kind of the Harvard or Princeton of the upper Midwest. LSU is always the number one party school in the country. So <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. That would be Arizona State. <laughs> Tempe, Arizona is a tough place to beat. But Princeton is a tough place yeah, to beat also. We took a turn, about, didn't we? We took a turn. <laughs> Princeton is a tough place to talk about when you're talking about academics. It's Ivy League school, Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he also graduated with his master's degree in economics from Stanford. So mm-hmm. let's just all say he's got us all beat in terms of <laughs> education and intelligence. He's only been in the NFL since 2013, which is probably one of the shorter NFL careers of, of all these candidates we're talking about. He was with San Francisco from 2013 to 2019 and then joined Cleveland in 2020. And he's been in, in his current role for the last two years. I think analytics are a, a big thing with him. And, you know, so if that's the flavor per se that the Vikings want, you know, that, that's uh, a route they could go there. Um, all these all these candidates have something different and unique that they bring to the table. And so, you know, I, I've, I've gotten some, e- uh, some emails from fans and some tweets about, you know, what's the process, what's going on. I think we just have to have a little bit of patience right now. Like, I know we all want to get to the end result and get to find out who's going to be the the next GM and the next head coach. But, you know, you have to kind of trust the process a, a little bit, too. Personally, that's kind of the thing that's actually exciting about this is the fact that you do have such a diverse group of people with all these different backgrounds. It kind of shows to me that not only is the front office looking at the football side, but they're looking at 
kind of the landscape of what sports is doing across all these different leagues too, where you are seeing whether it's baseball or NBA, especially um, kind of a more of an analytics approach to some of this stuff. And I just feel like if we're at a point where we're making this giant culture shift here for the team, I'm glad that they're, they're looking at all avenues to potentially find their next leadership. Yeah. And I think, you know, just with Questy, um, my college roommate is in the player personnel department for the Cleveland Browns in which uh, Questy works for the Cleveland Browns as the football operate vice president of football operations. And everyone in that department is very high on him. They think he will have a GM job, whether that's here, somewhere else. But just just his background, his approach to the game is very different from your typical GM. And with the NFL trying to be more analytics driven, I think this is a guy that is going to to head that wherever he lands. Yes, there are a lot of uh, diverse candidates with very diverse backgrounds, including this next one on the list, Catherine Ricci, who made history as the first woman to interview for an NFL GM position. It's good to see the diversity, you know, and, and the different scope of, of candidates. And that's something that Mark Wolf said right away, right after the news came down that Mike Zimmer and Rick Spillman would not be back. You know, he was asked about the pool of candidates and he said, it's going to be wide. It's going to be diverse. It's going to be interesting. And certainly Catherine Rach is included in that and has a strong football background herself. Uh, she's currently with the, with the Philadelphia Eagles as their vice president of player personnel. And she's obviously believed to be the highest ranking female personnel staffer in the NFL. So a, obviously a very strong background with her. She actually has uh, a little bit of a tie up north in Canada. She mm-hmm. uh, got her start in her professional football career in the CFL, the Canadian Football League with Montreal. Uh, and she is from Quebec, Canada. So I, I honestly love it. I love the different candidates, uh, the different diversity. Why not talk to as many different people as you can and see what kind of, I said this word earlier, but see what flavor kind of fits what, what you're looking for. Yeah, and I think the, the, the thing is with Catherine and Questy is when you look at their job titles, you see football operations, right? And you look at that and say, okay, well, why does that not, not player personnel or a scouting assistant? Well, the football operations person on every team knows everything about everything like these are the people that that does all the planning they're in the scouting meetings they're in the coaching meetings they do literally everything so in my opinion just from you know my five years of of working for a team the football operations person like Chad Lundeen and uh, Paul Martin who work for the Vikings now like they know everything about everything and that's that's very knowledgeable information when selling yourself to a to an owner basically saying why are you the person for this job and if you can give a general landscape of everything that's going on or a general manager um, I think that helps when trying to sell yourself to whoever's hiring and talking about just being knowledgeable on on multiple subjects uh, Catherine Rach also has her law degree and she has a master's degree mm-hmm. in tax. So that's not something a lot of kids. Like, like your taxes? Yeah. It just says tax. Yeah. So wow. If we need our taxes done. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I might need some help on that one. <laughs> yeah. April's anyway. coming up. <laughs> and she practiced law. So once again, just a very diverse background for a lot of these candidates. We have three more to get to as the Vikings did interview someone here where, well, we should update you guys that we are taping this Thursday at two o'clock ish. So if anything updates after that, we apologize for that and we'll update you guys with another podcast as soon as we can. But so we have three more names to get to to round out this list. Brandon Brown, the Eagles director of player personnel. So someone obviously that works pretty closely alongside Rachie. Yeah, Brown is another person who doesn't have an extensive NFL background, but has certainly been around the game of football. He was actually 
an intern with the Jets back in 2012 and was with Boston College for a couple years before joining the NFL with the Colts in 2015. Uh, another candidate, you know, like we've talked about all of them, with a very interesting and diverse background. He has uh, a bachelor's in business administration from, from Fordham, and he's also gotten a doctorate from the Barry University's law school. So law, taxes, you know, numbers, data, it's analytics. It's all over the place, huh? It, it's all over the place. And <laughs> I think that's, that's a very strong pool of candidates uh, that we've talked about and a very just a, a good idea from from what the Wilfs and the Vikings leadership team is doing and just getting a wide breadth of candidates and seeing who fits. Um, yeah, I agree with you on that. E. It's always, I mean, we've heard them say uh, the past couple of weeks, it's going to be a long, methodical and a comprehensive process. And clearly the actions are starting to show uh, based off of what they said in that press conference. And we're starting to see that with these candidates. You got so, like Tatum, like you said before, you got so many different candidates with so many different diverse backgrounds. And I think that helps um, everyone. I mean, even the people that, that aren't hired, now you got people who are in that the meeting rooms that conducted the meetings that have a different perspective about how to look at managing a team or how to look at doing their jobs in, a, in their respective ways. So this is, this is not only helping the Minnesota Vikings, it's also helping um, these people in the in the interview process also. It's such a big decision because you've had leadership here for so long that if you're trying to make change, this is the type of time that you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, where do I want this organization to go? If you really think about it, the, the fact that the Wilfs took over this team and then brought in kind of the leadership group uh, used to have kind of the triangle of power at the time when it first started. And then as we moved on and, and started moving through our coaching decisions and coaching process, you know, a guy like Rick Spielman became so crucial in, in running the football business side of it. So I just, I feel like the fact that after essentially 16, 16 to going on 17 years of ownership here for the Wolves um, and just looking at what they had from before and kind of what this decision means. And one thing that we know, at least internally, they definitely like to do their due diligence and feel like they've made the best decision possible, especially when it comes to business. And for them, if, if they are willing to move on from a coach and a GM that they had such a, a ties to, I, I feel like they're going to do everything they can to really try and get this one, you know, as right as possible. Another person that they're looking at is Ryan Poles, who's the chief executive director of player personnel. Uh, I know he's made it through a couple of rounds with other teams, somebody who's high on the list of some teams. Um, what, what's his background like, Eric? He's actually been with one team his entire career, and that's not something a lot of us or you know, a lot of other candidates can say. He's been with Kansas City since 2009. He began as the player personnel assistant and has worked his way up to, as Tatum said, now the executive director of player personnel Certainly the Chiefs have, have had a, a pretty strong roster themselves, much like Tampa Bay and, and Spytech, really for the last 10 years. Obviously, the drafting of Patrick Mahomes was an instrumental part of that organization, and, and you wonder how much input he had in that uh, as well. But, you know, he is a former offensive lineman. He played offensive line at Boston College. He, he's from New York. Um, so, as we all know, offensive line is an annual talking point here mm -hmm. in Minnesota. So if Poles is hired and, you know, if he makes it to the next round of interviews, I'm sure his insight on the O-line will, will come into play. One thing about him, too, is he was a finalist for the Panthers job, GM uh, job last season. So, like, 
I feel like uh, even though he is, you know, like a lot of these people younger, he's only 36 years old. The fact that he has been with the Chiefs who have a track record of finding the diamonds in the rough, let alone knocking it out of the park with a guy like, you know, Mahomes. Um, and the fact that he was, you know, on the short list for Carolina last year, too. It just feels like this guy is somebody that is definitely an up and comer like we're seeing uh, for the rest of the people on this list. For sure. Well, up next is the name that was released today. The Vikings interviewed Elliot Wolf, the Patriots senior consultant, whose dad was the GM of the Packers for a long time. He spent plenty of years up there in Green Bay before spending time with the Browns. And now he's with the Patriots. If anyone knows the NFC North and the Vikings, it is probably Elliot Wolf. As Tatum said, he was with Green Bay for a long time. He got his start in the NFL back in 2004 with Green Bay, worked with them until 2017 uh, before going to Cleveland. He was the assistant general manager for two years for the Browns. Um, he and, and he's now with New England. So he's had a lot of success wherever he's been. Obviously, his name is very well known across the NFL um, but he had not held a general manager position, whether it's here or somewhere else. He's been considered He's numerous been, times, been on a bunch of interviews. I know he was the assistant general manager for the Browns for two years, but that those weren't the the glory the glory days for the Browns. So, I mean, he's he's definitely, I, I, mean, I agree with you, he's definitely in line for one of those jobs. Just the fact of when you look at his experience to say, okay, well, at what point do you say this guy is the guy? This is who we want with his experience. I think, I mean, he... His resume speaks for itself. And personally, and this is just like a personal aside, but Wolf has a degree in English from the University of Miami. So that is kind of hits home in my area. I'd love to chat with him about that. So one thing that I also think is kind of interesting to keep in mind is if you think about one of the things that we all kind of looked at a little bit on Stefanski on why it felt like he was able to survive and, and do what he did, being the fact that Elliot, you know, grew up in football, Growing up in that world and seeing it from basically being a child through adulthood and, and now getting to the point where he's he's understanding being an assistant general manager at Cleveland all the years at the Packers and now what he's doing as a front office consultant for the Patriots. There's a, a level there where they understand what this business is, mm-hmm. not just from coming out of college and jumping in to figure it out like he's seen it his entire life. And I think yeah. there is something interesting there, too, just to know the level of of kind of uh, decorum and, and, and just the way you handle yourself when it comes to this business. I think that's actually an interesting uh, little nugget here for Elliot to keep in mind is just he's been in this his entire life. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, we've been talking about people who are phenoms and making these long or these fast New York rises, whereas this is a guy who's definitely it's in his blood. And it's something if you think about what they did during that time when he was growing up, I mean, he saw the biggest of the big playing in Green Bay, Mm -hmm. being around it and understanding kind of what kind of the power dynamic was there in Green Bay, given the fact that they don't necessarily have just the straight owner and how all that worked there in Green Bay. I think it would actually be a really interesting insight into trying to figure out, at least on our end, what to emulate and and what to kind of take advantage of. And finally, as we are podcasting, the Vikings tweeted out the latest general manager candidate to be interviewed, and that is Glenn Cook, who is the Browns vice president of player personnel. Right. So Cook is number eight on the list of, of interview candidates. And it's interesting because he's the second one from the Browns. And there's also been two from Philadelphia as well with Rachie and Brandon Brown. So half of these interviews have been with either Philly or Cleveland. And they have usually been known in you know, the past couple of years for having a pretty strong front office. Um, with Cook, 
Uh, he's currently the, the vice president of player personnel for the Browns. Uh, has been there since 2016 in, in a couple different roles. He also knows the NFC North well, though. He was with Green Bay from 2012 to 2015 as a pro scout. Uh, he also has a, a diverse background. Uh, he has a bachelor's degree in marketing and management from the University of Miami, which is also where Elliot Wolf went, and also a master's degree in sports administration. So once again, very diverse it seems like all eight of these candidates have a different degree, you know, or a different background or have worked in different things. So um, we'll see if there's any more GM interviews to come. You know, these are the eight that have been announced so far. Uh, it's just determining w- what the next process and, you know, if, if they're whittled down at all. I think the the interesting thing about Glenn Cook is that his track record has proven that he he loves the draft and he attacks it in the draft as far as, Player personnel wise, of course, that's his role. But when you, when you got a, a track record of, of having drafted Miles Garrett, uh, Grant Delpick, Dredrick Wills, just three names, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Nick Ward, Chubb. Nick Chubb. Um, I, I think that that has proven that this is a guy that, that understands the draft and he's brought in some good free agents in the past. I know this is like right now, this is all reactionary because it's happening as we speak, but. I, th- I think that is the reason why he's in the running and then having a guy under him uh, the past few years in Kwesi, Adolfo Mensa, that is really analytics, analytics driven. I think that is something that he's probably going to have on his plate also is say, hey, this is, you know, I'm a guy that that really pushes the analytics of the game also. So um, another diverse candidate. A very wide pool of candidates, as we've been saying. I think that's kind of the theme. Seems like the Wilfs are definitely doing their due diligence, getting to know each and every one. And as they said in their presser, taking their time, not making any rush or rash decisions. Um, But they have a lot of decisions ahead. And that also includes the head coaching position, which while they're interviewing GM candidates, they're also interviewing potential head coaches. And three names have come up so far. Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, and Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator. So, Eric, I kind of wanted to pitch this question to you and and say, you know, what kind of a coach, given this kind of wide range of three candidates, they're all very different. What do you think the Wolves are looking for? They're probably looking at everything. You know, I know I know it's a very popular opinion out there from fans who say, okay, the Vikings just had Mike Zimmer, uh, who was an older coach, a defensive-minded coach. That means they have to completely turn it around and go with a young offensive mind. I don't necessarily – while I see that point and I, and I understand that point, I don't necessarily think that that has to be the play here. I think the Wilfs want a leader. They want someone who is going to lead the team, lead the organization. Um, that is, I think, priority number one for them. Priority number two is probably being able to work well with others. And how many times did we hear Mark Wolf say the word collaboration in his press conference last week when he was talking about letting Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer go? Someone who's got to work well with others and, and be okay with maybe delegating some responsibilities, obviously still taking on the role of the head coach. Those are probably the two main factors and two main criteria in my mind. Um, and again, the Vikings are going to interview more than just three candidates for a head coach. You know, Mark Wolf said the GM would come first. That's why it's an eight to three ratio right there. Um, but again, be patient and, and just let the process kind of play out. 
that's the thing too i think for the fans just to understand like well you know what happens if all these other teams are looking for head coaches or gms as well and why are we interviewing head coaches when typically you would go gm then head coach i, I honestly i just feel like they're saying we need to make sure on our end that we work with as many people as possible or at least understand where they're coming from so that when we do hire a GM and we're talking to potential candidates about what's your style, what are you working with? We as an organization also have some understanding of some people that are out there and that are, that are available. And I think when you look at this as, as well, you know, they're trying to find windows of opportunity to talk to people when they're not held back by the league due to still being a part of the playoffs. So if you look at the Titans, the Bucks. um, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Cowboys here, a lot of it has to do with the fact that if they were not playing last weekend, there was a window to be able to talk to people. So I just feel like for fans, like understand, yeah, we're going through the GM, but if they're going to get an opportunity to talk to some of these head coaching candidates, they're going to take it when they can get it. Yeah, I think it's like both sides of the spectrum for for fans out there, right? Because there's one side of the spectrum that says, oh, we got another person that's coming in here. Oh, my gosh. Like, we're just giving anybody and everybody interviews. But there's another other side of the spectrum where people are saying, well, why haven't they talked to this guy? Or why haven't they talked to that guy? And that's due to because of these wild card and NFL rules and divisional rules where you only can interview up to two days before the actual game day for a team that are still currently in the playoffs. And then, two, after June, January 30th, you can't interview anyone that is – playing in the Super Bowl until after the Super Bowl after January 30th. So there there are a lot of rules in place and still on the first side of the spectrum that I was talking about. I mean, if we only had three candidates coming in here and we made a, a coaching hire or a GM hire after three candidates, everybody would be mad because it's like, is this process really methodical and comprehensive if you just made an impulse decision? So similar to what Eric said, you, you just got to stay patient and, and, and trust the process because this is, while it's it can be stressful for many people. It is also a, a fun process. And the fact that a lot of people, fans, including us, are, are allowed to be able to witness it firsthand, I think that's a cool experience also. Back in the day, there was no social media to be able to say, all right, well, Glenn Cook point. is in for an interview or uh, Monty Ford, we just concluded the interview with them. So mm-hmm. I think there there's a perspective that fans should have and some appreciation while being patient throughout the process. That's when TV crews were sitting out at your practice facility with their cameras, yeah. making sure they could like get video of. Um, I, I remember when I was in Nashville, there were stories about Manning Watch to see if he would walk in the building to go in the interview to see if it's a place he wants to land for free agency. I mean, Rogers Watch. This year, this exactly. So, social media has changed a lot, but that you know, as long as we don't have TVs cameras parked outside, but it is you know, back to your point though, it's a it's a good one because you think about it's it the chicken or the egg. Like, what do you want to do first? And if you are focusing so much on the general manager, chicken are and there eggs are good? <laughs> well, maybe both. <laughs> are there other like candidates, coaching candidates, who because of limited schedules? are only going to talk to, or are talking to other teams. If you really want someone and you're trying to get the GM done first, you might as well just get the other one done. At least you're starting the legwork there. So if you hire a GM, then you can kind of have them involved in the next steps of the process. But you already got that process going. Yeah, Tatum, I think you make a great point in that the GM, I you know, I believe and Mark Wolf believe that the GM is going to be hired first. And that's probably the right move given you know what position and all the responsibilities that come with that title but you you got to do both at the same time you got to be looking at head coaching candidate too you you can't 
focus all your your eggs in one basket right on the on the GM and then all of a sudden start from scratch at on square one for a head coach and it's late January early February and you've done no work on that 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 would be a mistake and that, and that is not what the Vikings are doing so I think the way that they're going about it kind of doing both at the same time while obviously putting an emphasis on the GM obviously with the the number of candidates there compared to the head coach I think the way that the Vikings and the Will family are doing it is, is the correct way. I definitely agree with you on that, Eric. I mean, I've been a part of this process from two perspectives, being in Washington where um, they hired the head coach first, and then Ron Rivera was the head coach, and then he made GM decisions. And then they eventually hired uh, a GM, which ultimately took over the draft. So the fact that the the Vikings and the Wilfs are actually going GM first and going head coach second, I think that's an interesting perspective also. And you you can can never really have an opinion until, like, the actions are proven, but – the Wolves are confident in their decision, and I think that confidence going forward has to energize Vikings fans. As we wait in anticipation for the big decisions to be revealed, we are going to have a special guest here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We're excited to be joined by former Vikings player and head coach Mike Tice. All right, now we are joined by Mike Tice, former Vikings head coach. And Mike, uh, first and foremost, uh, on social media, we're talking off camera. Tatum brought it up. You were at the Hula Bowl in Orlando. Usually that is in Hawaii, but you were there this year in Orlando. How, how was that, and, and, and what was the purpose of that? Well, Gabe, how you doing? This it, It's a college all-star game that has been over in Hawaii for its entire tenure. I mean, a long time. I want to say 40 years, maybe maybe longer. And I think with COVID and, and the teams not wanting to send the scouts all the way to Hawaii, I think it was hard for them to uh, – recruit good players, good college seniors or good college players that are eligible. So they moved to Orlando. They did a nice job. And I was called by Brian Billick. I think the fans are aware of who he is. And Brian Billick asked me to come out of retirement for a week and coach the O-line. And Wade Phillips was the defensive coordinator on our team. And on the other team, they had Mike Smith and uh, the Jay Jay Hayes and Jonathan Hayes. And we had a blast. It was great being around all those old guys. I think we told a lot of stories and maybe some were made up. (laughs) Well, Coach, um, I know that the coaching hiring process has evolved just like the games evolved over the years. When you went through, you know, can you explain or give the, the fans an inside perspective about what that's like when you have these conversations and meetings with owners and, and front office employees, like, like what the Vikings are doing right now? Well, certainly, I don't think I can compare how I became the head coach to what some of these kids are going through or some of these guys are going through. My situation was unique in the fact that uh, Danny Green and the owner parted ways. Uh, The ownership group was looking for uh, uh, a splash guy. I think when they figured out the splash guy costs a lot of money, they turned to me, who was already on the staff, and... uh, whether I was smart to do it or not smart to do it, I took I took the job. So I didn't at that point we did not have a general manager in our in our building. So it was a little bit different uh, with the way the kids are going through the process now. Agents get involved heavily. There are a handful of agents in the league that just do relationship or have a relationship with coaches. They don't even deal with players and. And uh, so these agents have relationships with the teams, with the general managers, and possibly sometimes with ownership. And, uh, of course, statistics matter. And if your team is excellent on defense or or excellent on offense and leading the league in some certain categories, 
these are the guys that get the get the shake. These are the guys that get the chance to go sit down in front of the uh, powers that be that are doing the interview process. They get a chance to show what they can do, what they'll bring, what type of program they'll bring, you know, from scheduling all the way to what type of personnel they're looking for. And uh, I think it comes down to fit and comfort. You know, if the front office feels comfortable with a guy, I think that's the direction that they'll go. I feel like that's the the it factor, in my opinion, because you you definitely have to have the smarts, the strategy. But then again, at the end of the day, you got to have that comfort level and make people people feel comfortable to to follow you as a leader. And clearly, you had that being a former player here, and then going from from player to coach, then interim coach and head coach. Like when you when you look at you know that comfort level, why do you think that the landscape has changed as far as going from a defensive guy to an offensive guy back to a defensive guy in in the way that the coaching carousel has gone today? Well, I think one of the things, at least if they're intelligent enough, the front office people look at is what type of player do we have? Where are our players? This is a the NFL is a player driven league. You don't win really. Not to put down coaches because I coached for twenty one years. You don't win with coaching at the end of the day. You win with great players. And if you have those great players and you can stay uh, organized in what you're doing and consistent with your message and the things you're doing with the players, now you have a chance to have a great team, i.e. the Andy Reeds. They have great talent, but Andy Reed doesn't screw it up. And, and mm-hmm. so that's very, very important. That comes obviously with experience. So I think it's. I think a lot of it is gauged by – where are our best players? And and I think that's the way that teams are going to lean. I mean, you're an offensive-minded guy. You came in as a tight ends coach, played tight end in the NFL, uh, finished your career here with the Vikings as a tight end. And now being that Mike Zimmer is a former defensive head coach, what do you think next-gen stats or, or stats or in analytics affect coaching now when it comes to game planning and scheming? Absolutely. I really do, and, and uh, I don't want to say I'm 100% in on it. You know, the game has been around a long time, a lot longer than me and a lot longer than next-gen stats, and I think really a couple things come down to it more than next-gen gen stats. is that create turnovers and don't turn the football over. You know, convert on third down and be great in the red zone. I mean, you talk about those things. If you start studying the teams, I'm going to bet that a uh, high number, and I haven't done this study because I don't need to, but <laughs> I would bet a lot of the teams that are left lead the league or are high in the league in those categories. You know, turnover differential to me is a key. Well, I think a guy that, that's been really good in the red zone, really been really good on third down and has played for the Vikings is uh, tight end Tyler Conklin. He's a free agent this year. You've um, you being a former tight end, you've studied tight ends, a tight ends coach here for the Minnesota Vikings. How would you address that situation with him? Well, hell yeah, bring him back. He's a good player. He's a very, very good prospect. Oh, absolutely. He'd be on my list to bring back. Well, before we let you go, Mike, I'd like to get your favorites for the Super Bowl this year. Who do you see playing in the big game? Well, that's a loaded question. Of course, on the AFC, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> and then, and I really think Green Bay is the best team in football right now. And I'm anxious to see how they patch, uh, pair up against the 49ers this week. But uh, my pick would be one sentimental and one's uh, hopefully I know what I'm talking about. I would say Green Bay and the Titans. I think, you know, you, you just pick two teams that are old school, one team that likes to run the ball, and then another team that, I mean, that one of the most historical franchises in the history of the league. I mean, that that pretty much explains that you just still love a, a good, just old school, ground and pound type game. Oh, absolutely. You know, you want – 
to me, I look for those tough teams, and the teams that can run that football are, are generally tough teams. And, and that team, I know you're talking about the Titans, take after their head coach, and he's a tough old player, and he's done a great job. I mean, I personally would love to see a Mike Vrabel, Matt LaFleur matchup. Myself being uh, used to living in Nashville, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm here for the popcorn. They couldn't be more different. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, the the ultimate goal is to get the Vikings back in, in the Super Bowl or at least get them to that point where they can actually play in the Super Bowl. And the head coach, GM, hired, it's going to happen at some time soon. But just from a personnel standpoint, how do the Vikings get back to that point of – contending in the NFC North? Well, you know, I don't look at all the tape. I watch all the games. I'm a Mm -hmm. big Viking fan. I think everybody knows that. But I don't get to watch all the tape, so I can't really evaluate the players. But from what I've seen, there are some areas that need improvement, starting with the offensive line. I'd like to see them protect the quarterback a little bit better. Obviously, they can run the football. But when teams have to throw the ball and everybody knows you're going to throw the ball, can you protect the quarterback? I think that's a big key. I think that's a question that needs to be answered. I think defensively, the secondary, uh, obviously we have great safety, a couple great safeties, but the corners, uh, I know we have some guys we're trying to patchwork away. We have a couple young guys, but we need some answers there. We need to be better there. And, and you could always improve your defensive line. So, you know, the Vikings got some holes to fill. They have some work to do. They're, you know, I know they're going to make a great decision on the general manager, the head coach. They're going to bring in the right guy for them. They're around at 24-7. I live in Seattle, so I'm not around at 24-7. They know who the right fit is for them, and I'm sure they're going to do a great job and they're going to make the right decision. Well, Mike, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for joining us today on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. It's always great to hear from Mike Tice himself. We appreciate him being here on the podcast as we continue to get ready for this big decision coming up from the Vikings organization about who will be their next general manager and head coach. So, Eric, I wanted to ask you, how how is the best way as a fan to keep up with everyone we're interviewing? Uh, two areas to follow. One is obviously on Twitter, and, and you can follow the Vikings on Twitter. As soon as the interviews are confirmed and completed, then the team has, has been tweeting about them. But if you also go to Vikings.com, there is a confirmation story for every candidate that has been interviewed. So these eight general manager candidates, candidates who are done, there's a story for eight on all eight of them, which is just basic general information to for you to learn more about who they all are. Very cool. And is there anything else in the works right now? I know it's the off season, but you've been pretty busy. Is there anything that you want to promote or get people to look at? Well, you know, I'm always a fan of and interested in hearing from fans of the Vikings Monday morning mailbag. So if you're out there, you have questions on the head coaching search, on the general manager search, uh, on the 2021 season, the draft, free agency. It doesn't matter what it is. I, I will I will respond. I will tackle any and all questions. So uh, if you go to Vikings.com and you know, click on news and mailbag, the, the link is in there to send me some questions. So fire away. I, I can take the heat. Um, I always enjoy in- interacting with fans. Can you? How many you have in the inbox right now? Right now I got about 150, but Friday morning is the day I'm going to sit down and go through them all. What do you love doing most is the one, is my question. General, like the tracker, mailbag, or anything else? Because I feel like all three of those things are like very intuitive. I think I'll say mailbag. Like I okay. always enjoy hearing from fans. Even honestly, even if you send in dumb ideas, 
And, and there's been a few of those, you know, uh, I don't mind. I don't mind. Cause no names. We're not calling anyone out here. I, I, I love hearing from fans. Sometimes you guys give me great story ideas to work on. Like, nice. You know, I, I love Vikings fans. You guys always have good passion and energy. And that's certainly been evident, you know, during last season and as these searches have gone on. Keeping your finger on the pulse. That's my job. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much, Erickson, for being here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. For this episode, but as we've alluded to all podcast long, this is the off season, so it is time for us to take a short break. We'll be back periodically when there's breaking news, like if there's a hire. So be sure to also subscribe to the Minnesota Vikings podcast network so you know when the latest episode drops for now. Gabe Henderson, Jay Nelson, and myself are just going to take a little R&R, if that even exists. We'll do what we can. What does that feel like? I don't know. It's been a while. (laughs) I have no idea. Read and repeat. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, read and repeat. (laughs) (laughs) No, we will take a quick break from the podcast, but we will see you guys very soon. Again, subscribe, rate, review, right? Isn't that what you're supposed to say? Might as well. Yeah, anywhere and everywhere that you get your podcast, just pay attention and we'll, we'll... As Tatum said, we will drop something as soon as more news breaks here. But for now, we're going to take just a tiny bit of time to ourselves. Yes, but we appreciate you listening each and every week. And for now, all all there's left to say is Skull Vikings. (laughs) 